Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of This Podcast is for Nerds. And today we ask a very pressing question. We are over 20 episodes in and we don't know if we are true nerds or not. So we decided to pull the top 10 list of nerdy movies to test our metal and see if we are actually nerds. Now, this list, I will say, surprised me, but it also surprised Calvin, which is great. And we will see as we go down this list, which movies make you a true nerd and which ones don't. And also whether we, if we agree or disagree with this list. So strap on in, grab yourself something enjoyable to drink or eat, and come see if you're a true nerd based on these movies. <laughs> How you doing today, Zach? Pretty good, Calvin. How about you? I'm doing well. Thanks for sending me this list. I thought it was super interesting. Um, there were some on there that I wasn't shocked to see, but um, there were quite a few that I was shocked to not see on this list, um, which I'm sh- we're going to get into. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I was pretty surprised that some heavy hitters of the uh, nerd kind are not on this list, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, they, so this article is from Goliath, um, and they mention right at the beginning that most nerds have seen the heavy hitters like Star Wars, Avengers, and Lord of the Rings. So the, those won't make the list. Um, but yeah, there was, there was still quite a few that I was shocked to not see on here. So, uh, number 10 on the list was, uh, war games. Um, have you seen this? I have seen War Games. I watched it in high school. Yeah, it's one of those like classic ones. Like I remember seeing it um, when I was a kid, and I was like, "Oh man, I want to get into like computer science." Like it's the computer science like hacky movie. <laughs> it, it's for anybody who wants to get crazy with it and think, "Oh, it's gonna be like the Matrix." It it will, except you know the numbers aren't green because of some mod that you put in Linux. They're green because that's all they had in the (laughs) eighties. So I think the premise of that movie basically came down to, if you want to win the war game, you can just not play the game and the computer, you know, Oh, haha, spoiler warning, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess all these movies we've seen will definitely be spoiling. So Yeah, that movie was actually pretty intense, even for the time period. Like, there's some movies that I generally enjoy, even though they're technologically not advanced. Like, The Hunt for Red October. It's a very suspenseful movie, but it's set in, like, not anywhere in the last 20 or 30 years. But something about submarine warfare is terrifying and very suspenseful. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching Hunt for Red October a long, long time ago. I was probably around the same age I watched this. Um you know, Sean Connery is an absolute legend, so. The game is shut and the league is on. <laughs> yeah, um, so the, it makes sense this is on here. Um, you know, I I don't know if it holds up, like, tech-wise. Like, so many movies that, like, discuss hacking um, usually don't get it right. Um, there's a handful that do. Like, I'm sure you've seen uh, the TV show Mr. Robot. Right. Um, like, that one kind of nails it. Um, I don't remember if this one kind of get, gets it right. Do you, do you know? I would say so. A lot of movies in the eighties had a big, 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 big emphasis on we're going to crush Russia. So <laughs> <laughs> after a while, this movie became about we're going to fight Russia. Like it was just World War Three nightmare fuel. That's oh, a- it's timely. Oh yeah, and it's really kind of like, man, this is this is really what we were going on about. You know, this is this was our this is our jam. Um, I don't know actually enough about computers back then to really say that it got it right or not. I would assume that it's close because of how primitive things were back then. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have much else to say about this one. I love Matthew Broderick. Um, but this was not like when I think of Matthew Broderick, I, I usually honestly don't think about this movie. But, you know, I think most people think of, um, you know, uh, Ferris Bueller. I think so. Ferris Bueller or if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the original Simba? No. Yeah, he was. Oh, really? He was adult Simba, I think. Oh, he was. Yeah. Yeah. He is the adult Simba. That's wild. 
it's wild that I thought for all this time that he was the one actually singing the songs. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, sometimes they do that in movies. Sometimes the the actor's good enough to to sing, but a lot of times they'll they'll hire somebody with a close enough voice yeah. um, that can actually sing. Well, Hakuna Matata, number ten <laughs> games. <laughs> <laughs> nice, great transition. Um, <laughs> so the next one, number nine on the list, is the 1982 Tron, um, which is another one that I have not seen. I know I, I've seen bits of it i've not seen like the whole thing um have you, you you haven't seen this either right no the only thing i really know about this particular tron is basically everything that was filled in for me by the later version of tron with the dude and also <laughs> from kingdom hearts so yeah <laughs> oh yeah I, I totally forgot the kingdom hearts um yeah the the Daft Punk did the soundtrack for Legacy too. Yes. Um which is fantastic. Soundtracks. Just the way that movie like people that movie got like trash, but I loved that movie, honestly. I did too. I thought it was I mean I wouldn't say it's like great, but it was super fun. Um and that was actually my, my high school senior prom's theme was Tron Legacy. That is an awesome theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. Mine was, uh, I don't know. Everything we did dance-wise, we did at amusement parks. So I, oh, I, what? That's so cool. Yeah. So, like, you know, winter formal was at Knott's Berry Farm. Prom was probably also at Knott's Berry Farm. And then, like, my senior night for graduation night, the party they had was at Disneyland. They shut down Disneyland and, like, let all the schools in the area go. and just. Oh, my God. California is so cool. <laughs> I didn't realize that wasn't a normal thing until like some coworkers were talking about their prom experiences and like their high school gyms. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Do that stuff. <laughs> wow. I'm extremely fortunate. I did not realize that this is how the rest of the country does this kind of thing. Yeah. We're not as uh, we're not as lucky as Cali, I guess. Um, well, not right now. N- no. No, certainly not. Prayers to, to anyone out in, in Cali experiencing the fires right now. Absolutely. Everyone be safe, please. Yeah. Yeah, stay indoors if you can. Um, yeah. I don't know much, much about Tron at all, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, other than Tron Legacy, like this was not one my parents ever showed me. Um, I mean, I know, I know it's important and like... I know all about like the bikes and stuff like the light racing and all that. Um, but, or light cycle. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's super fun. And I love when games add something similar, um, as like, just like a little mini game. Um, but I, it kind of makes sense to me. This is like a, this is definitely a nerdy movie. Yeah. And I, I have to say too, I know that this is not about Tron legacy, but, I like how Tron Legacy was accessible, even if you hadn't seen the original Tron. You still knew kind of what was going on, you know, based on what the characters filled in without explaining to you exactly what happened in the previous movie. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's all I've got on this one. Um, the next one is Dark City, which I've never even heard of. Um <laughs> Do you know about this movie? Either, dude. We don't even spend time on it. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, if uh, if we're if we're losing our nerd card on this one, let us know in the comments. Um, I have not heard of this. Um, the picture looks really cool, and it looks disturbing as hell. But um, I know nothing about it. <laughs> this next one, number seven, Big Trouble in Little China. I will tell you right now. I one, I have never seen this movie. Two, my only reference to this movie is the Mythbusters episode where they try to shoot a lock to free someone and determine that if you want to get someone free, shooting a lock is a very stupid and dangerous idea. <laughs> I know about this movie. <laughs> that is that is wonderful. I need to watch that episode. Um, Rest in peace, Grant Yamahara. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a year 2020 has been, man. So sad to see that. Um yeah this is this was kind of an interesting one i it kind of makes sense like it and i think you're right that i don't know if we mentioned this before we started recording but there's definitely like a slant towards the 80 movies and um 
this is like the the stereotypical like 80s action flick it's really good um but i don't know if it's like definitive nerd list movie good um i mean kurt russell's absolutely amazing in this um and i i think we should do like i might recommend it for media club at one point i'm down um but yeah I don't, I don't know if it fits in with the like the nerd i i guess it's like it wasn't it was like a, i guess it had like a niche like a cult following i think that's more of like what this list is it's like cult movies from the 80s it feels like that makes sense but this this movie is the reason why i added or wanted to add kung fu hustle but i think kung fu hustle would fit better in this list in place of this movie based on the reason why this movie was added um, just from like an action story, martial arts comedy, I feel like Kung Fu Hustles, you know, did that really well. And honestly, I feel like the movie was rather underrated, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Big Trouble in Little China, no troubles with me because I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Short Circuit. This is one I know about, um, but I have not seen it. Um, do you know about this one? Actually, no. I was reading the premise a little bit earlier, and I mistook it for a different movie about a robot that, um, like, it was like a camp robot or something like that, but it wasn't a military. I don't think it was a military robot. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I know this movie, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, so it was a, it was a military robot. Um, it ends up getting struck by lightning and then kind of... Um, it turns into this like lovable sentient robot. Um, it's apparently pretty cute. I, I, I really, I don't know much about it and there's not much I can add to a discussion on it. Um, so I think we'll just leave it there. Um, it looks like the, uh, robot that is in the Nintendo games. Um, Oh, Rob. looks like Rob. Yeah. Let me confirm that it's maybe Rob was based off short circuit. How the hell is this thing a military robot? This looks like I could tip it over. Like military robots, when I think of them, are like Terminator, like the T any series of Terminators. Those are military robots. This thing, like, <laughs> it's just got treads on it. How can <laughs> anything down and kill you? Like, oh my god, it had lasers. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez, in its eyes? No, it had like a shoulder-mounted laser. <laughs> Oh, is that what that is? It looks like a Polaroid camera. That's what I thought too. That would be really terrible. Oh, maybe that. Maybe it like when it turns good, it right. just takes pictures instead of taking lasers. <laughs> well, I will say in the Rob Wiki, it mentions see also short circuit. So, okay, I mean, um, they want- they might be based off of each other or something, or they're inspired. I will say that Wally is extremely close to Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Yeah. Oh, totally. Man, that's what a great movie. Which one? Uh, Wally. I've seen I, Wally. For a movie <laughs> that is mostly grunts and groans from robots. It was actually very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, all right. On to the next one. Uh, Akira. Akira cult classic i have definitely seen that and i read the manga it is a great ride that i am looking forward to watching again actually this is one that i will recommend for the media club especially because i'm a gearhead and love motorcycles and it's a huge part of this movie yeah so you you've read the manga um i've just seen the anime um big fan um it's one i've been (laughs) i I always try and introduce my wife into anime and this is one that i've been like holding off on because it might just be like too heady and weird for her to get into um so how does the manga differ from or i guess i should say how does the anime differ from the manga not as bloody oh really and the anime or the manga gets way grittier than the anime does really Ooh. like it's i would say the anime is for as rough as the anime is the manga is just rougher in general interesting um it because i feel like the movie is like pretty pretty graphic oh it is for sure <laughs> it for sure is that's what i mean though like i think that it did a great job doing it but man the manga is just on a whole nother level like i love the art style they did an amazing job translating that to um 
to an anime. But holy crap, dude, the manga is just, just the art from the manga is insane. So how do you feel about the um, the new planned live action Akira? I'm surprised, actually. Um, and the whole, I'm curious to see how they would do it. Um, because, wait, is there a planned live action like a play or one like a Netflix one? Uh, it's going to be a live action movie. I don't, I'm not sure about a play, but it's, so it's currently going to be directed by um, Taika Waititi, who's known for Jojo Rabbit, um, Thor Ragnarok. The, I feel like he could kick ass at it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's well he's such a nerd and i think it makes sense like like what we do in the shadows is kind of like i think he can get like that horror element of akira but i think he'll be able to add some like some comedy to it some a little brevity for maybe like the the general audience yeah i i think he he'll do an amazing job honestly and i yeah, I I'm actually excited to see how that turns out. I mean, I know there's be some things that get cut just because you want, like you said, make it more accessible for the general audience who are not familiar with Akira. But I don't feel like he's gonna betray the people who are really engrossed in this story. No, I don't either. And and I'm hoping so. They put production on it on hold because um, he's he's currently working on the new uh, Thor Ragnarok movie or Thor Ragnarok, the new Thor movie. Um, it's called Love and Thunder, I think. Um, <laughs> so it was planned to come out in 2021. Um, I'm assuming now that's going to be pushed at least like another year out. Cause I don't even know if there's a, a finished script yet. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. Cause with like Thor Ragnarok, I think, I think Taika does a really good job of just like background and like um, world building, kind of like filling out scenes and making the world feel more lived in, um, which is I think important to this, this uh, movie. Um, so I think he'll be really good for that. Um, yeah, I hope, th- I hope they're able to keep like, like I'd be, I'm going to be bummed if I hear it's like a PG 13. Oh man. I would be really bummed to hear if they did that. Like, oh. like obvi- obviously the PG 13 gives them a much wider audience. Um, but I think this movie, um, you know, the scenes and the, the content of it require an R. Yeah. I don't, Wow. I don't know if you could do that and still make it Akira. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't know if it would be the same movie. I will say, though, there are some shows that I've been watching recently that have a PG-13 rating that are very much not PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching? Um, there's just some different shows on Hulu that like are... Like, what was the one that I was watching? Because I've been going to a couple different shows just to check them out. I'll add them in a link or tell you later because i can't remember right now but <laughs> just things that surprised me like language wise that i'm like whoa that's pg-13 now all right yeah i think with pg-13 you can get like one f word um <laughs> per volume <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i uh yeah i if you uh if you remind me i'll, I'll put the shows you've been watching in the show notes for sure um so yeah that's akira yeah. um so next on our list was uh, Brazil. This is this is one I, I wanted to talk about just briefly, because um, <laughs> it's it's directed by Terry Gilliam. I'm not sure if you're familiar. You're definitely familiar with his work, but maybe you don't know you are. Um, you're it. So he's responsible for the Monty Python movies. Oh. <laughs> Um, but he's also responsible for uh, Fear and Loathing, um, 12 Monkeys, um, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I don't know if you've seen Imaginarium. That one I have not seen, no. Uh, I'm going to just like, while we discuss, I'm going to pull up a, a clip. Um, so Imaginarium was a really weird movie because it, it kind of production came at a really rough time for, for Terry Gilliam um, because it stars Heath Ledger um, and he died in the middle of production. Um, So what happened was uh, Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell and Jude Law um, split roles. Um, And so like midway through the movie, Heath Ledger will transform into one of those three actors 
it is such a trippy movie um that i i highly recommend if you're into like if you want like a weird just like a visually weird movie um i think terry gilliam does a good job of that yeah i actually forgot about this movie and that was a really big thing um after Heath Ledger's passing was how those actors stepped in to like fill out that role and I remember there was a lot of people who were just not sure if that movie would they that would that would work out that way um but yeah I yeah I forgot about this movie entirely yeah it's it's a very visually weird movie and I remember like I think it like partially blew up on reddit because like people were talking about it i guess i guess johnny depp and and uh and all all the actors that replaced heath ledger they donated their salaries to um heath ledger's daughter that's awesome that's that's really cool yeah so so terry gilliam's got kind of a, a history of doing these like really weird um trippy visually trippy movies um so this is one i've always had on my list um just because I've heard it's it's really good and and kind of heady, um, but I really don't know anything about it. Um, um, apparently, it's it's within the Twelve Monkeys like trilogy, I guess. Did Terry Gilliam also do the? Uh, I'm forgetting the name, but it was the movie that was dedicated to the Beatles, and that was like a visual montage of just like oh, darn it. You've seen it. Um, is it the one that's like the musical? Yeah, it's a musical. It's set all to Beatles music, and it's just one. Across the universe? I think so. Uh, um, let me pull. I'll pull uh, clips while we while we discuss. Um, Across the universe had like they were covering a lot of Beatles music, but a lot of it was. Yep. Um, is this it? Yep. Yeah. Um, no, he he didn't. Um, but I, I mean, it's visually very similar. So, okay. Um, I'll see if he had any any part in it. Um, it doesn't appear so. Um, although I really actually enjoy Across the Universe. I think it's a good movie. Right on. Yeah. All I know about Across the Universe is just how the scenes would transition, and you have that kind of like otherworldly sense of like, like these scenes. Don't, I don't recognize at all because I always thought the movie was more like it just changed more than this and this that's what i'm used to there you go for those of you watching on youtube gentleman just slid into a bowling alley on his ass and there's just colors and lights everywhere this is yes (laughs) yeah so they um they cover basically the entire like discography of the beatles so you know early stuff is a little more grounded um but as they get into like deeper into the beatles discography um it gets more visually like trippy that's what i'm thinking of then okay yeah um very good movie um man i, I kind of want to rewatch it um <laughs> but yeah um maybe that's you know if any of you have seen brazil and recommend it um let us know and maybe we'll do an episode on it because i've heard good things right on right on now we go down to number three which is the animatrix which i did watch calvin have you seen this before i have not tell me all about it so first of all i was tricked because i thought the animatrix was (laughs) the matrix but just in animated form not quite so it is a compilation of different stories about other users or humans in the in the matrix world and different artists who like animated their own stories to that so it was you took the story like so you see the storyline of like the main characters in the matrix these are like different stories from different people who are fighting against the machines and living their lives and how they search for truth and things like that. So they weren't connected to the main story like I thought they would be. Um, Overall, it wasn't bad. It just gives you a different glimpse on other lives in that storyline. And like I said, you have different artists who contributed different animators and it's just, some are visually trippy, like some I like more than others and some were just in 3d some were 2d it was just it's an interesting watch if you're into the matrix universe i would say so it's correct me if i'm wrong it's kind of like an anthology like there's little like five minute short films that are all very visually and story-wise different from each other and they're not connected correct okay but they they're all within the matrix universe yes interesting um 
is it one you'd recommend for somebody that's a fan of the matrix or do you need to like have an interest in animation as well i would say 60 40 for that answer okay uh 40 for animation 40 for animation 60 if you're a fan of the of the story and the everything about the matrix because if you don't like if you don't like animation and you just like the matrix as it is i don't think you'd enjoy it like this is just great for people who like animation and also the matrix put together because it's not just one style of animation there's several different types that are implemented throughout the storyline yeah it kind of i i guess it's on my mind because i watched it you know probably a year ago is um love death and robots yeah it's similar into that where you'll have different you know art styles per story interesting um yeah this might be one i I actually end up checking out um how do you how do you feel or i guess i should ask are are you a fan of the matrix you like the matrix as a whole um two-thirds of the whole yes okay interesting you were not a fan of uh was revelations the third one yeah um yeah i think i really only enjoyed the first one how do you feel about the fourth one coming i am confused <laughs> again i don't i don't i didn't know i don't know what i mean there's a lot you can do but i also am unaware of like what can be done unless unless it's just a reboot you know which uh no i mean it's it's titled the matrix four so okay yeah i'm not sure i mean we're getting to the point where a lot of things that people grew up with are in reboot territory we can see a whole new harry potter series come out with different actors and actresses you know um, who is your uh who is your neo for or your new age neo i guess oh it's still keanu reeves how could it not be well okay so let's say they they reboot and they have to get a new actor who would you who would you pick huh uh you know you're better at names than i am and you know his name but the gentleman who did um not thank you for waiting um be kind rewind he was in knives out he was the detective he also was in the movie where oh, daniel craig nope uh the other detective so like the actual police officer oh um uh lakeith stanfield go i dude i would love that that would be great oh i'm super into that i would love to see lakeith stanfield lead a a version of the matrix i think that'd be super cool yeah that would be that'd be my neo for sure well lena um if you're listening um maybe consider uh kicking keanu off uh production and and put in lakeith Um, although she's she's probably not listening. <laughs> well, even if it's like a whole Miles Morales pass off type of thing, you know, where oh, that would be super cool. I, w- I would love to see Keanu like hand off reins. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's Keanu's everywhere, and I love it. You know, like he's in Cyberpunk, which is yes, got delayed. We'll talk about that later, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, have you seen uh, the new Bill and Ted? no not yet okay i've heard mixed things um but we should there's a there's a drive-in not far from us that's showing it and we should we should go see it i'm down calvin everyone doesn't drive me on a date (laughs) it happens okay accepted (laughs) all right uh so that was the animatrix um zach Zach approved (laughs) um so district nine um this is one I am uh, excited to talk about. Um, you have not seen it, correct? Correct. Tell me all about it. I was super interested, and honestly, when it came out, I was 19, and I guess I just never got around to watching it, which is odd, because most movies I did do pretty well at watching, so I don't really know why I didn't watch this one, actually. Um, yeah, so so District 9 is a movie by um, Neil Blomkamp, um it's probably i think it was probably his his best received or or most profitable movie um so it's uh peter jackson produced it so it's got um it's got that i guess lord of the rings kind of tie to it and it's and it's visually incredible um 
it's it's one of the first times I remember being in a theater and like being so shocked at the visual effects like oh man this this could be real life I, t- I would totally believe if this was real life um so some of his his other movies you may know um Elysium um which had uh, uh Matt Damon in it um Chappie which had uh <laughs> what's that South African uh rap group um Shoot, that's gonna drive me nuts. <laughs> um, shoot, uh, Yolandi and Ninja. Um, oh, D Antward. Um, so they were in that. Um, but District Nine is about um, uh, Charlotte Copley. Um, he um, is in South Africa, um, and it's set in 1982, um, and it's set in Johannesburg. Um, so they have there's like aliens have have come to africa um and they're they're called prawns um and they're they've the government kind of relocates them to these camps um and they're little districts and they call this one district nine where this movie's set um so so Charlto Copley um he he visits one of these camps and meets with with one of these prawns um and so Charlto ends up like grabbing one of these he's he's kind of like ice for these aliens mm-hmm. um and he goes into the house of one of these aliens and takes um one of their weapons and gets uh some like chemical sprayed on him and he ends up like transforming and he like starts to turn into one of the prawns um and he it like most of the movie is him like trying to break into the south african government like research facility to see if he can like cure himself um but you know there's there's a great discussion about you know um housing um and stuff like that and and race inequality um so it's a really good movie yeah i was trying to i remember when it first came out there was a, it called more attention to like real world controversy than it did like the movie itself and i that's all that's really what i remember about that more than anything i never like actually saw you know the movie I, yeah, I highly recommend it. It was uh, it was the first Blu-ray I ever purchased myself was uh, District Nine, um, and it's it's one I've gone back to a few times. And it, the the visual effects like honestly hold up, um, and it's it's honestly really crazy. And it's um, it was nominated um, at the Academy Awards for best screenplay, um, adapted screenplay. Um, I think it's based on a based on a comic or a book. Um, yeah it's just it's one of those you know visual effects tend to not hold up for a variety of reasons you know if if there's not enough pre-visualization done early on so this is when he gets the if you're watching youtube this is where he uh gets the stuff on his face and and now he's going to start transforming um but he recently started uh what's called oat studio um and basically he's got a bunch of um they're like visual assets for for uh independent filmmakers so you can go on steam right now um and and buy oat studio visual packs and and the end goal is like having these independent artists um create short movies out of it um and you know uh there's been a bunch of actors that have been featured in them um charles o copley he's one that they they collaborate a lot and uh dakota fanning's in them um sigourney weaver so yeah it's if you're an independent filmmaker and you're looking to like do sci-fi work i highly recommend checking out oat studio just for their like visual effects packs Speaking of Sigourney, how was Alien not on this? There's no Alien or Predator on this movie. Yeah, so I, uh, we have one more movie to discuss on the list, and then we'll get into kind of like what movies we think should be on there. But yeah, we should we should discuss the the importance of of Alien, not only to sci-fi but to horror as a whole. Oh yeah, like it, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to me that this wasn't on the list, especially as like the the list was clearly um, 
focused on on 80s movies and while the first one wasn't actually from the 80s um i mean the series has continued on into the 80s so you good yeah yeah um so yeah that's yeah i agree alien should be on here so everyone at home i want you to take a minute and decide if you think you know what number one is i bet you you don't i'm hoping i did not show it in the in the video you did very briefly but no one would know what that was based on what you showed okay cool all right um yeah so pause and then come back all right (laughs) what do you think number one is um okay so now you'll say what you think it is and now i'm going to tell you you're wrong (laughs) gattaca um if if you said gattaca you're still wrong (laughs) that's right you are wrong yeah so you you've seen this movie right zach oh yeah absolutely i have yeah this is a this is a great movie definitely um covers some some heavy topics that um actually feel pretty timely um yeah i don't know what's uh what do you what do you remember about this movie how'd you discover it i actually watched it for a ninth grade biology class really yeah oh that's actually pretty smart yeah i we were studying genes and this we had to watch this movie and i was very stoked about it it's a great it's a crazy concept but also one of those things that you know you it's basically the background of this movie it's a society where people have found a way to pick the best genes from themselves and basically genetically alter their children to be the best versions of them based on their cells also this shot right here that's long beach california i used to run down that beach just saying no big deal. that's so cool <laughs> like I know where those palm trees are unless I'm wrong and then someone tells me I'm wrong and then I'm like okay well that wasn't Long Beach but it looks pretty damn close to Long Beach to me so, I'm not going to question it <laughs> um, I will say so this movie it starts off with our main character his parents decided to not see the genetic specialist and leave you know their birth to chance and they said we're going to make it do, go, do everything naturally the way it's supposed to be and the kid had like health problems and you know just all these things that were under desirable in this world so he wore glasses and he was short and he was really smart but he wasn't physically like the most powerful and in this world they take your blood and decide jobs to you based on like your genes basically so the second child they have they decide to go see i guess the genetic counselor and create a son with the best version of their genes. So you see these two characters battle it out a little bit between the best of what science can offer versus nature. And the younger brother decides that he's going to leave home and make a way for himself to become a better person. And what he ends up doing is matching up with society, which is, uh, I think Gattaca is the sneaker society for those who are actually like strong enough to actually join um like the best of the best genetically so he finds someone who um ends up being like crippled who because he's like an astronaut he died in that he got crippled in an accident and he trades places with them which involves him like learning all of his movements all of his things all of his like everything and in this society people don't like <laughs> look at your face they look at your blood and so that's it's just a, it's a wild movie and it definitely gets into like classism and like i guess racism isn't the right word but geneticism did yeah it gets into that transhumanism yeah um big discrimination yeah definitely and you know like apparently there's a um a tv adaptation in the works which i would like to see um because it feels like <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm not a scientist, obviously, but it feels like it predicted um, a lot of stuff. Like, I'm sure you're familiar with CRISPR, um, which is that gene editing tool that they're that scientists are using right now. Uh, no, actually. Um, so <laughs> there's this technology called CRISPR, um, and it allows researchers to edit genes um so in theory i don't know how far along it is i've known about it for a little while so i'm sure it's improved quite a bit but in theory you can get rid of genetic defects 
um, and can kind of like prevent the spread of like genetic diseases and stuff. Um, so that's like a piece of technology that um, is is in the works right now. Huh. Which is basically what this movie is. I hmm, was unaware of this. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I think it's a little controversial. Um, I, th- I think probably for, you know, I think there's a fair discussion that can happen there. I'm not, you know, I'm not educated enough to to really, you know, provide much. But um, it just it seems interesting because I remember I watched this for a college English course and I had to write a paper on it. Um, the, the English teacher was a big sci-fi nerd. So we just like watch sci-fi movies. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember watching this and I, I think it was around the time I had, I had learned about CRISPR and, uh, it, it just felt really weird how timely it all was. Oh, absolutely. What was your take of the movie and how, how did you feel about it? Um, I love it. It's it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Um, one of the ones you're going to mention should have been on the list is 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 one that we'll uh, we'll discuss and is one of my favorites. Um, is probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, this is this was a really cool one, and it's it's one that kind of came to me, I guess, late. Although it's it's a '90s movie, so it's not like it's a super old one. Um, but it wasn't one that I watched, you know, like at a very young age, it wasn't one that I was introduced to. Cause I was, I think I was four when this came out. Um, but I love it. I mean, Ethan Hawke is, is a fantastic actor, um, especially in this. Um, and I totally forgot Uma Thurman was the, was the female interest in this. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, yeah, this, this Gattaca is definitely worth a watch. I think of all the things on this list, Gattaca and Akira are probably like some of the best ones on this list. But I do feel this list is lacking, and Calvin agrees. So we're going to move on to some things that should be on this list. Yes. Um, so first up, we will discuss. Let me pull up the, the list. Um, the first one we're going to discuss is one that Zach brought to the table. Um, so whenever you're ready. Do you love Keanu Reeves? I do. Do you love Robert Downey Jr.? I do. Do you love Woody Harrelson? I do. Do you love Warner Entertainment Industries? Um, yeah, generally. (laughs) For you then. (laughs) A Skin of Darkly first caught my attention because it is filmed or how how word this it's filmed or at least presented in the cell shady style of animation which is used for um comic books as well as um video games and it just visually is a wild wild movie um so the basic premise from what i remember is Keanu reeves is a detect he's an officer and Basically, in this world, you can use different masks that constantly change your face. So that way, people don't actually know who you are or what you do in your real life. And his job is to to, um, infiltrate and figure out where a particular drug is being made. Um, But as he goes deeper and deeper undercover, he tends to forget who he is. Um, And I don't want to give too much away because there's just a bunch of wild things that happen. But, like, visually, this is just a crazy, intense movie. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, I, uh, this is one, I, this was another college movie for me. Um, and it's one that it's been on my list to read, um, cause it's a Philip K. Dick book, um, who is a legendary, um, sci-fi author. Um, yeah, the first thing I think everyone's drawn into is, um, the cell shady, um, art style. Um, to my knowledge, they, they filmed this and then, and then scanned it afterwards, which gosh, must've cost so much money let me look at the production cost um insanely the budget was only eight eight point seven million <laughs> um and it, you know it wasn't a huge box office success um but it, it was one of um richard linklater's best movies um probably best known for dazed and confused i guess um and boyhood um, I don't know if you've seen either of those. He also did uh, School of Rock. 
oh, that's an interesting, like, setup. Yeah, he's he's had quite the interesting career. He's, um, I mean, like, Boyhood was the one that was filmed over, like, tw- a 12-year period or whatever. Um and he's he's currently he really likes you know i I give richard linklater a lot of credit he does a lot of these like experimental movies like this like boyhood was filmed over a 12-year period um you know this was an animation like no one's really done anything like this and then he's currently working on um a movie called merrily we roll along um which has uh beanie feldstein who's um jonah hill's sister um and they're they're filming that over a twenty year period. Oh wow! Yeah, which should which should be interesting because I'm, you know, I don't I don't know when they started, um, <laughs> but it's just wild to you know. Normally, you hear about a movie being in production like five years before its release, but to know about it like <laughs> nineteen to twenty years before its release is kind of wild. I agree. Um... Holy crap! Yeah, that, that's wild. And I remember that movie you talked about that was sort of over the twenty to twelve year period when it came out because I was thinking to myself I didn't even hear about a movie going into production that was like this. That is the most unique thing I've heard of as far as like wanting to. I mean, besides documentaries, right? You always see like nature documentaries that happens, but this is completely different. Like growing with the actor, it's it's insane. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and I, I think it, it helps because there's such like a juxtaposition when you do a big gap in time in a movie and there's a new uh, actor playing the same character. Um, and it kind of takes a while for your mind to kind of accept that this is the, the same character you've been watching. Um, so I think it does a good job of managing that. Um, and this I totally forgot about. So if you're watching the YouTube video, um, Alex Jones is in this movie. <laughs> um which is freaking hilarious <laughs> this part's the best part then yeah <laughs> totally um i guess apparently a lot of this a lot of this movie was like shot stealing like they didn't have permits um and i guess they didn't know like they didn't have anything planned with alex jones like they just saw him doing his like public rants that he always does um and they started filming it that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Scanner Darkly is a, a really good one. It's, you know, it gets into the the drug war type stuff. Um, and it's it's like, you know, if you have an interest in psychedelics, I feel like it's it's kind of interesting in that respect. Absolutely. It's a slow burn, but definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, so the next one is one that I recommended, and this absolutely should have been... Not that any of the other ones shouldn't have, um, but this one should have been on the on the nerd list. Um, and this is Primer. So have you seen this, Zach? I haven't actually. I haven't even heard of it before. Um, so it's it's definitely a low budget movie. Um, oops. Um, Quick cut. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's directed, written, stars, edited, <laughs> produced, music done by. Um, uh, filmmaker known as uh, Shane Carruth. Um, some film people might might know him. He's he's really only done two movies, um, this and uh, Upstream Color, um, which is another one I highly recommend. Uh, but this one is probably best known because it's such a low budget movie, but feels very real. Um, the total budget for the movie was seven thousand dollars. Um, and it's, it's known by many people to have been one of the most accurate representations of time travel. Um, so the plot is like these two friends are, are working on this project on the side on kind of like their, their little side gig. Um, and they accidentally, um, build a time loop machine. (laughs) Um, which is pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and it, I, I don't want to like spoil anything cause it is a really good movie and actually requires a lot of, um, like I always recommend <laughs> like 
kind of pausing if you're confused and like looking up stuff if you're confused by something because this is a thinker of a movie it's it's kind of tough like there's still parts of this movie that i don't understand fair enough i am down to check this out actually yeah i i'm really bummed that this guy decided to um quit making movies he i don't know why he did um but he got dropped from the last movie he was a part of apparently because of domestic violence allegations um which is a real bummer to hear um because this guy makes really good movies um upstream color is another good one of his um it's another sci-fi movie um it's it's all about this like parasite that takes over these uh these two people um yeah he's he's really good at dialogue i think i think that's probably my favorite part like one issue i have with sci-fi or i guess movies in general is like i don't believe a lot of the dialogue because i think when people normally have a conversation they talk over each other um and i think a lot of movies are hesitant to do that um but he does a really good job of it so i think he nails like dialogue in his movies so highly recommend it Okay, it feels more natural. Now I understand also why you like Steins Gate so much. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I um, I watched this, and I got into like time travel sci-fi a lot, and that's how I found out about Steins Gate. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the next one is Zach's recommendation. The next one I feel like fits in better with you know the theme more than big trouble in little china even though i haven't seen big trouble in little china kung fu hustle is just one of my favorite movies because it it kind of mixes together a whole lot of different themes and ways of presenting a story um i wonder if starting to describe this one <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely difficult to describe it is fantastic um i guess like co- fantasy comedy action movie fantasy co- yeah because yeah. there's so many comedic moments i mean you look at the poster for the movie let me just pull up a poster real quick because <laughs> i that's one of my favorite things about this movie is the poster um because it's it's our main character holding a hatchet and you're like oh this is gonna be a cool like chinese like action movie but he's also holding a lollipop yes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i just i love this so much and it's very goofy like there's elements of like the looney tunes um and it's it's weird because like people still die in this movie (laughs) yeah it's definitely graphic people still get the shit kicked out of this movie you know but it's i don't know it's basically it's definitely a coming of age hero story finding your courage and things like that but not in any way i've ever seen before um no, because I, I feel like most of them take themselves so seriously. Exactly. And this one just doesn't. It's not afraid to be goofy and still be serious. And that's kind of why I love this movie so much. I grew up as a fan of like karate and martial arts movies. So like this is just a fun one to just get involved in and just kind of have fun with. Like even this, especially this scene, for those of you watching on the on the YouTube, um, on the YouTube, I sound like I'm 85. <laughs> Great boomer. <laughs> I don't know. I just, because you have movies like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that are super serious. And then you have this. <laughs> I was just going to mention Crouching Tiger because I feel like I saw that in theaters and then I saw this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a juxtaposition, the two movies. It really is. And, you know, I feel like this one is overall more fun. Oh, God, 100%. But it also has those moments of, like, depth at the same... Not right now. <laughs> yeah, the visual effects are so campy, but, like, it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, the ragdoll physics on the, like, throw... Like, they could just easily, like, have thrown, like, dolls, but they decided to animate entire bodies being thrown, which is just fantastic. It really reminds me a lot of, like, 
the Bollywood like movies also because you have some amazing things happen in those movies. Like I, I'll have to send you a clip. One of my favorite movies. It was um, it was a cop movie, and basically I don't know exactly like the name of it. I have to go back and watch. But long story short. This cop shows up to state to like go against these raiders or something, but he's riding on the hood of the car, just like with sunglasses and is crossing his arms. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like chilling on the top of this thing, and everyone's like, What's going on? And he gets off the car and kicks it into the people who he's like fighting. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Is happening in this moment. <laughs> and it doesn't give me any context, it doesn't give me any way of knowing what happened or I just have to watch the movie and I I'm just in love with stuff like that because it it's it's so serious it's Dragon Ball Z in real life right I mean <laughs> yeah essentially like I love the moment we just watched on the YouTube video is um, this woman smoking a cigarette so intensely and then like exhaling on the enemies and they just get launched in the air <laughs> Yeah, this is this is a great one. I I really think um, like any any fan of like Asian like I feel like there's a a big overlap of like general nerds and fans of like Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, if you're in that intersection, um, this is definitely one you'll enjoy. Absolutely. I apologize for those who just heard my computer update. I don't know why that just happened. <laughs> I didn't hear it, so I think we'll be good. Fantastic. That's even better. Yes. Agreed. Oh, man. Now I want to rewatch this and I want to rewatch Crouching Tiger. What was it? What was it the one you said? Uh, Crouching Tiger. Well, yeah. Crouching Tiger. I will say Crouching Tiger was a lot. It was, you know, those movies are just different than I thought. I think they're going to be. And I blame American marketing for getting people into the theaters, but also I'm not mad at American marketing for getting people into the theaters because those movies are just great. Yeah, I remember seeing Crouching Tiger in theaters, so I had to have been like six. And that scene where they, um, the circular saw blade gets thrown into that person's head. Oh. I was. I remember being so traumatized at that. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> you know, one movie I actually did hate with a strong passion, and it hurts me to say I hate this movie because I love the two actors who were in it as fighters and as actors. But have you ever seen Forbidden Kingdom? I haven't. <sighs> um, let me pull up a clip while you tell me all about it. It's, it's just it hurts to do so. Basically. <laughs> fans of martial arts have been wanting to see Jet Li and Jackie Chan fight forever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> and the way this movie was marketed was marketed as you'll finally get to see them fight. Now yeah, it looks like Jackie Chan's playing like the the drunken warrior. Pretty much, yeah. Which, by the way, he is in a movie called The Drunken Fist, which is a great movie, but also kind of like a Kind of a sad movie, actually, hmm. with a drunken fist, an old Jackie Chan movie, which made me laugh too because Jackie Chan's the son in that movie, but his dad looks younger than him, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> the part about this movie that actually really pissed me off was the fact that it's not really, it wasn't like a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon type of thing. It was a nerdy white kid in New York gets picked on and he stumbles across some ancient Chinese boutique and gets transferred to this hidden kingdom where he has to help these two warriors fight. And in some way he learns martial arts and then he goes back to the real world and is able to like learn martial arts and like fight off the Asian bullies and then win the heart of the Asian girl he was trying to impress. So it really fucking pissed me off. <laughs> so so is this scene that we're watching right now, is this the only fight scene that they have? Uh, I don't even, see, I don't even remember this scene, but I, this, it was very narrow as far as like their actual fight scenes against each other. Wow. But I was really pissed off about this movie and I, I just hate with a passion movies that are just like, yeah, I'm too bad, too tough to be messed with now because I learned something. And you know what it was? You know what this movie? 
You know what this fucking movie was? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It was goddamn Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh no, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> That seems like the perfect place to end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But yeah, this right here, this is the best part of the whole movie. Ignore all the rest of the like. If the movie was this, I would have been fine. But screw all that other crap. Like, no. And again, this is not against the actors or actresses, film crew, production. I'm glad you did your work, got your experience, got your money, whatever. This is the storyline, and this is the scrap that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know uh, we did not want to end on a a bad Chinese action movie, but um, I think that's where we have to end it. So, um, yeah. uh, So join us next week um, where we're going to be discussing uh, season one of Arrested Development. That is true. Season one of Arrested Development. Sing the song, Calvin. Do you know the song? I don't. You don't? No, I think we did this last time, Zach. Did we really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, okay. What's your favorite quote from Arrested Development season one? Because you always say it every time I text you about this. Well, there's always money in the banana stand. Because you'll find out next time on this podcast. It's for, uh, no, we're just kidding. It is, there's always money in the banana stand. Ha, 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 ha.